Go ahead and pull out uh, your notes as we dive in. If you want the fill in the blanks, you can go to our digital notes on our app, The Church TX. Uh, Today we are continuing a series entitled Defining Choices. Defining Choices. So we make choices each and every day of our life, but not every choice that we make carries the same weight. There are some choices that have a greater impact in our life. And I'd like to say like this, those are defining choices that we have. And so we, over the last few weeks, at the beginning of this year, we've been talking about some of these defining choices. We talked about purpose over popularity. How many know, God, I want to live a life of purpose, not necessarily be popular. And doing the right thing is not always what's popular. And so we talked about that in surrender versus control, that if you try to control everything, you'll end up enjoying nothing. And so then we talked last week about discipline over regret. How many have been working on discipline in your life this week? You're thinking, God, I, I, I want to be more disciplined. And If you missed any of those, you can go back and listen to them on the podcast. But today, we're going to talk about the important over the urgent. The importance over the urgent. Now, has anybody ever felt like you had too much to do? Anybody feel like life, there's, there's always lots to do, but not enough time to do it? Anybody feel like that? When I ask people how you're doing, how many times do we answer or do we hear the response, I'm busy? You know, hey, how you doing? Well, I'm busy. Hey, how's your day going? I'm busy. Why is it that we never hear, hey, I'm just chilling? Hey, how you, how, you, are, are, how you doing? Oh, man, you know, I got way more time than I got stuff to do. You, we never hear the words, I'm just relaxed. No, what, what we tend to say and what we tend to hear, and, and I'm guilty of it, is, is man, I'm busy. There's, there's just all kinds of things to do in my life. There's just not really enough time to do it. And I'm convinced this, if the devil can't make you bad, he's going to keep you busy. Like, like it's a distraction that the enemy uses in our life. Socrates actually said it like this. He said, beware the barrenness of a busy life. The barrenness of a busy life. So lots of activity, lots of things to do. But I wonder if that activity actually brings fruitfulness in our life. See, you're always going to have things like cutting the grass. How many know that grass grows a lot? All the time, and you, you got to wash dishes. How many times you like, I wash the dishes. My God, how did that sink fill up with dishes again? I mean, they're always piling up in the sink. And if you got babies, how many know you got lots of diapers to change? You change one and you think, hey, I'm good. No, baby, they got it again. Boom. <laughs> you got to cook dinner and breakfast and lunch. You got to feed your kids and bills to pay and chores to do and honey-do lists to make sure. Have you, got, you got your Instagram posts to post, your Facebook posts to make sure everybody knows how perfect your life is. There's always lots of things to do. And what we have to understand is you can't do everything, so you have to focus on the right thing. So in 2017, let it be our goal that we're going to focus on the important, not necessarily the urgent. It's a choice. It's a choice. I mean, think about this. You know, maybe you're at work and you're there calming an angry customer. How many know that's an urgent task? 
You, you got customers mad at you. It's urgent. But did you know this? That building systems and making things effective and doing it on the front end, that's actually important. So, so what about, you know, you, you find yourself fixing your car engine that burned up. Or burned up. How many know that's pretty urgent? How many know if you're changing the oil every three to 5,000 miles, that's pretty important? So, so we realize there are urgent things that happen. Maybe, maybe you're getting help when you're sick. That's urgent. But taking care of yourself and exercising and having the right diet, that's absolutely important. Maybe you find yourself dealing with a child who's suicidal or, or, or a child that's on drugs. That's absolutely urgent as a parent. But I wonder if in our life, spending time with them, cultivating an authentic, loving relationship where they feel nurtured and cherished and valued, if that's not important. See, what I'm understanding is that if you choose what's important, you won't have to deal with as many things that are urgent in your life. So God, help me to choose what's important. God, help me to put first the things that matter most in my life. And, and we really see this in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. This story is written by Luke, and he's telling us about a story of sisters who were in the same situation, but they responded differently in this situation. And so I want to dive into verse 38. Everybody with me this morning? Can I get an amen? amen. As Jesus and his disciples, they were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home. So Jesus is passing by. Martha's like, hey, Jesus, come on over to my house. She opens up her home to him. And then it says she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So you've got Martha. She's inviting Jesus in. And I, I don't know about you, but how many know if I was back there in that time inviting Jesus in, there's a whole lot of pressure now on my life. Like, like, think about your life. It's Jesus, the Son of God. He's done all these great things. You've just invited him into your house. Now, how many have ever done something first without thinking about it? I, I, I can imagine her. She's like, oh, Jesus, come on over. And so she invites him in. He's like, all right, I'm going to come over. And she's thinking, oh, my God, my floors aren't swept. I got to go clean that pee ring on the toilets. Somebody ain't been flushing right because I got all them little kids or I got to mop the floors. I got to get my dishes cleaned up. And so I can imagine for her, she's invited him in. But now she starts to think of all the things she's got to get ready because Jesus is coming to her house. Look at how uh, what happens says, but Martha, after she invites Jesus in, she's distracted by all the preparations. I mean, there's things that got to be done. Jesus is coming over, and it says these preparations had to be made, so they were important at some level. Like, like they were things that needed to be done. They were necessary. But look, it says she came to Jesus. She asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So here we have Martha. She's invited Jesus in. She's got all these things that need to be done, preparations that need to be made. And she is distracted by these preparations. We know what happens in the story. In the story, Mary comes to Jesus. She sits at his feet. Martha is doing all these things, and she's missing the relationship with Jesus. And so here we have Martha saying, Jesus, don't you care? 
Listen, tell her to help me. Look, I'm doing all the things in life that need to be done. I mean, according to the world's standard, I mean, can you imagine at some level she had to feel justified? Here she is complaining and tattling to Jesus, saying, look, Jesus, the customary thing is for her to do all these tasks to prepare this house because you're coming in. There's special guests. There's all these things we got to do. But in her mind, it's, that's more important than spending time with Jesus. And so I would tell you this, the urgent will always try to crowd out the important in our life. It's something for us to ponder, for us to think about. What if you're Martha here sitting in this place this morning that we're so focused on task, we're so focused on the urgent, that maybe we're missing out on what's important. We're distracted by things that really are necessary, but they're not the most important thing in my life. They're distractions. It's not about what we can do. This is what I would tell you for 2017. It's about what you should do. Not just what can I do, what, what, what seems like the things that need to be. No, no. What should I be focused on in my life? What is important in my life? Where are my priorities? I wonder if we lined out our priorities, if the way we're living lines up with the priorities we say we value in our life. Most of the time, what I find is this. We're more reactive as people instead of being proactive. So whatever happens, we just kind of react. I mean, really, we've been trained that way. If you have email, if you have text, if you have apps that have notifications on your phone, isn't that right? I mean, someone texts you, you get a ding. Somebody emails you, ding. Somebody posts or likes your post on Instagram or Facebook, you get a little notification. And so what happens, instead of focusing the life you're living right now, you're distracted by these little distractions that are urgent but not necessarily important. And if we're not careful, it builds this habit inside of us that what it comes my way, whether it's important or not, is now urgent and I've got to deal with it in this moment. And so for me, I I don't do that. On my phone, I don't have those notifications of when an email comes through or a text. You could text me. If I don't respond, I'm sorry. I only check text a couple of times a day. Same thing with email. Why? Because I'm learning this at 40 years old. I don't want to focus on the urgent. I want to focus on the important. And so many times we get pulled out of what's important, the relationships in our life. Why? Because we're distracted by the urgent things that people bring our way. And I'm learning this, man. I want to focus on people over task. About four years ago when we launched this church, it's amazing. That's One way it seems like forever and one way it seems like, wow, where did the time go? Four years ago we were talking about this. This was just a dream. We actually started with nine adults in my living room talking about what could be if God were to move through a church that was brought out by people that were passionate about other people in reaching a city for Jesus. And I remember the vision, and I understand how important mission and vision and purpose is. And I was praying, God, there's lots of things that we could focus on, but what are the main things that as a church we should focus on? What have you called the church, us, to focus on? And I'll never forget, I heard a message by Pastor Chris Hodges, my pastor. 
And he was talking about the four promises that God has promised to his people from Genesis to Revelation. And it sunk deep in my heart. And he said, these are the four things. Now, God's given thousands of promises, but there are four promises that you can see weaved in and out of the Bible that he wants people to grab a hold of. The first one is he wants people to know him, to know God. I thought, man, that's exactly right. The second thing is to find freedom. It's not good enough just to come to church, but how many want to come to church and experience freedom? I don't want to just make it to heaven. I want to live a life of freedom. I don't want to be bound by the things of the world. And then discovering your purpose, that God wants you to live free. He wants you to uncover how he made you, that each and every one of you, God hand-fashioned you. He formed you. The Bible says in your mother's womb, he created you. He designed you. You're not an accident. You may have been told you're an accident. Can I tell you, God's got a purpose, and he wants you to uncover that purpose. Why? Ultimately, so you can make a difference. And then and I thought, man, that's, that's us. That's our mission. Know God. Find freedom. Discover your purpose. Make a difference. And for me, I grew up in church, but I didn't grow up in a church that focused on small groups. You've noticed we've got all of our small group banners in the back. We're signing up today. We have 61 small groups throughout the entire city that you can join and be a part of. And so I went to church But what I realized as I got older is going to church doesn't bring freedom in my life. I realized every pivotal point in my life where I experienced personal breakthrough, where I experienced personal freedom, where I engaged in deep relationships that impacted my life, it was always in the context of small groups. So I lead a small group Thursday morning. I have one. And last semester, I had one with a bunch of guys, and we met at Chick-fil-A, and You know, just thinking, I'm going to make small groups a priority. See, we can't focus on everything, but we can focus on what's important. And so I just choose, no matter how big we get, no matter how busy we become, no matter what tasks are in my life, that I'm going to make relationships a priority in my life. How many know relationships are never easy? How many know relationships are never convenient? But have you ever regretted spending time with people? No, most of the time, some of you ain't spent time with my family. (laughs) Most of the time, the greatest memories that you have is when you spend time with people around you and spending time with some of the guys in my small group. This last semester, my boys are about eight and 10 and they're all into hunting and guns. And for Christmas, I actually bought them guns. They've got rifles because we live in Texas. (laughs) My little three-year-old's got a pistol. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Don't come knocking on my door. I'd be like, go, baby, get the Glock. <laughs> so, so my boys, you know, they, they, they love hunting. And I was telling one of the guys, it's, you know, I'm just trying to break into this hunting thing. And he said, well, Pastor, you ought to come over to my house and shoot some skeet. And we went over to his house as a family. We ate dinner and shot skeet, done it several times at shooting our guns and sighting them in. And I was just reflecting on the value of relationships. In fact, over the Christmas break, after having bought my boys these guns, my littlest boy, Carson, who's eight, we were sitting in the deer blind on the property watching. And we were actually shooting some hogs and looking for hogs. And I never forget, he was sitting right beside me. He goes, right, we saw a squirrel. Squirrel's not a deer. It's not a hog, but it's alive. And he gets his gun and he shoots it. And I'll never forget, he goes, 
He's like doing the happy dance and this thing and, and building these memories. And I realized at that moment, this would have never happened had I not valued what was the most important, which was people and relationships. And so many times what we do is we get like Martha, it's all the task. My question is, will you value task or will you value relationships? Will you value things or will you value people? What is it that you're going to value in your life? Because this year we've got to choose the importance over the urgence. And the thing I'm amazed at is, you know, that relationship... Those memories, they weren't created because I was standing on this platform preaching to you in a Sunday morning. They were created in a context around a table with a group of guys talking about highs and lows, what's good, what's not good, how can we continue to build a relationship? And so I want to encourage you throughout the next couple of weeks as we sign up, are you going to make relationships a priority in your life? This is what I would say, with the help of God, we will choose what's important over what's urgent. God, I'm going to choose what's important. The only way we can do that is we have to be ruthlessly selective in our yeses. Ruthlessly selective in our yeses. You can't say yes to everything, but you can say yes to the right things. And I'm confident that a major barrier to a meaningful life is not a lack of commitment, but it's really a sense of overcommitment. That we're overcommitted in our life and we say yes to everything so we can't really value the thing that's the most important. It tends to get pushed out of the way and we've got to say, I'm going to say yes to the right things in my life. So I'm convinced the best leaders, they don't do more. They say yes to the things that matter most. They do more of what matters most in their life. The best mothers, they don't do more than everybody else. They do more of what matters most. The best teachers, they don't do more than other teachers. They just do more of what matters most. When we're talking about being a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus, which I'm praying this church, we raise up men and women, young men and women, old young and women that are Christ followers, disciples, that we don't just sit here on Sunday mornings, but we go out and engage the world. We go and bring the lost, the hope of Jesus Christ. We see this city changed by the power of God. How do we do it? We focus on what matters most. It's not about just doing a whole lot of activity and stuff. What brings the most value to our lives and people's lives? Ruthlessly selective in our yeses. Martha, she surrenders to the urgent, but Mary, she chose what is important. And look at how Jesus responds. Luke chapter 10, verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Everybody say few. few. Say it again, say few. few. Or indeed, and now he even breaks it down, so he's going many, few, one. Everybody say one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. We've got to choose Jesus over task. Jesus over activity. He is the most important. And when we look at Mary's life, just as the funnel comes down to the singular most important thing that we should focus on in 2017, someone say, how? How did she understand that? How did she know it? She did first what mattered most. She did first what matters most. And I would tell you this, the most important thing at the top of every Christian's list has got to be more time with Jesus. 
in our life, that's got to be what matters most. See, if I'm going to choose what's important every day, I've got to make sure I seek the one that's the most important in my life. Why? Because he's going to help me. I love what Martin Luther said. He said this when he was asked, what are your plans for the following day? Someone just said, Martin, what's your plans for the following day? He said, work, work from early until late. Can anybody relate? You're like, that's my slogan. Work, work from early until. Didn't know I had some mad singing skills. They coming out at 40. 40, you just don't care. But look at his response. Here's his response. In fact, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. First three hours in prayer. Why? God, I'm going to do first what matters most. First what matters most. First, what matters most? Yeah, I want to do. I wanted to show you an illustration. Leslie, come up here. I got. I got an illustration. She doesn't know what I'm gonna talk about. It's gonna get a little spicy up in here, and uh, she doesn't have a clue. But I, I asked her if she would help me volunteer. Look, stand right there on the brown. Come on, give it up for Leslie. <laughs> Leslie's part of the fellowship. So proud of her and Dwayne. They got married last year, and I had the privilege to marry them. We've had three years of the fellowship. Every year I seem to marry a couple that's in the fellowship. And <laughs> she didn't know. You didn't know you were going to have to. Yeah, there you go. It's okay. Don't be scared. Come on, give it up for Leslie. <laughs> you said, Pastor, what am I doing? So, so I want to give us an illustration this morning. We're talking about important over urgent. And I, I thought this, how, how can I help us get the struggle that we face in our lives. See, we got to pick the, the most important thing first. We got to make sure that the urgent is not drowning out what's important. And so she's going to stand there. You can face me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw some of these balls at you. And I want you to catch them because these are urgent things and I need you to not let them drop. So how many know you got urgent things in your life? Some, some things are big urgent things and some things are little urgent things. Anybody, anybody relate? She did good, huh? She didn't drop it. You're good. So I got a couple more things, and man, this is just urgent. I just, I just need you to catch it. Like, don't let it drop. These are just some urgent things. And, and you know, Leslie, I just want you to catch. There you go. Catch. These are some urgent things that I need you to do in your life. Yeah, come on. How many are impressed? My goodness. So we got all these things. I just need you to keep catching. Yeah, don't let them fall because they're urgent. They're urgent. And so here you go. Don't let it. Here we go. Okay. Here you go. Oh, you almost dropped that one. So, but now I've got something that's important. So I need you to catch it. So listen, so this was what? Important, but I need you to catch it, okay? Okay, come on. Can you catch it? Okay. You want to try? You want to try? Do you have to hold the urgent? Oh, okay. 
So here's some more things that are urgent. Okay, okay. Come on, I got a whole carton. <laughs> so here's my point. You're done. I'm not going to try to get you anymore. She's traumatized. So here's the whole thing. So why don't you do this? Why don't you just let go of the urgent? Just drop them. Yo, you can't. Yeah, you got it. You got it. She's like, I can't drop the eggs. No, those are important. Go ahead and drop all the things that are just urgent. No, you got to hold the important because it's important. So here, set the eggs down. We'll do one more. That's, so now try this. This is important. You've gotten rid of everything that's urgent. I just need you to catch it. Boom. How easy was that? Pretty easy. How many would say that that's important to hold the thing that's important in our life? So this is what I would say. You guys give it up for Leslie. So here's what I would say. That when we value the important enough to let go of the urgent, we can take care of it. And so what we do many times is we build a culture in our life of crisis because we let everybody else's urgent drive our priorities. Everybody's emergency is not my emergency. Your failure to plan is not going to make me drop what is important in my life. And so long we have allowed people's urgent, people's mess, people's, the thing that they didn't plan for, and it's dictating us, and we are dropping the things that are important in our life. We're dropping our prayer time. We're dropping our marriage. We're dropping our children. Then we get to the end of our life, and we wonder, what in the world? Why is my life such a mess? And it's because we focused on the wrong thing. I'm not going to react to what everybody else wants from me. I'm going to respond the way God wants me to respond in my life. I would tell you like this, Martha, see, she focused on getting the house ready for Jesus. But do you know what? Mary, she focused on Jesus and he got her ready. He said, I want you to be ready to reach the world, to spend time with people, to love people. Why? Because she had the first priority right in her life.